0: Ronananian. In order to solve hard problems, I've got to eliminate the obvious. I've got to eliminate what's good, and if I eliminate all that's good, eventually I'll find what's bad. car doctor i'm wondering if there's a way to take the high beam assembly out so to speak and as silly as this sounds brush paint over the chrome a flat black finish welcome to the radio home of ron and Anian, the car doctor since 1991 this is where car owners the world over turn to For their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, welcome. Time to start your engines. 855-560-9900. Ron and Amy, the car doctor here at the helm, as always, cardoctorshow.com. Tune in, iHeart, iTunes, all places you can take podcasting, some of which some places you can subscribe at, cardoctorshow.com, tune in, iHeart, iTunes.com, all good places to go for podcasting. Ron at cardoctorshow.com if you need me during the week, and uh, we've talked from time to time, you and I, about your car and its problems and what's going on here. And, um, you know, this is the gig, folks. This is uh, Here I Am. You know, Monday through Friday, it's Fix the Car. Saturday, it's uh, the weekend, it's Talk About the Car. And um, I should point out too that this is a nationally syndicated show out across eighty some odd affiliates and more. Sometimes I think that number is is a miscue because I I see bigger numbers than that. I don't. Everybody's not reporting. You guys got to play the game fair. But eight five 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 six zero ninety nine hundred is a twenty four seven number. So you know we're on different affiliates, different times, different places as they're uh, delayed and taken around the country. You can call that number anytime, day or night. That is a twenty four seven number. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. See, I slowed it down that time so everybody can. Because everybody goes, you say it too fast. I go, no, you If I go, five, if it's zero nine nine zero, everybody can understand that. It's a Jersey thing, right? It's that Jersey attitude. And um, yes, sir. All we have to do is uh, have everybody hold a recorder up to the radio, and I'll just play the touchstones, and they can hold that up to their phone when they're ready. See, that's the broadcast engineer side of you coming out. That's the fun part of me. That's the out. fun part. Yeah, I know. It's. <laughs> He's he, he's tough around the back office, folks. Trust me, Tom Ray, my illustrious board op chief engineer, head cook, bottle washer. And uh, he's doing everything today as Tony's uh, mom is visiting. So Tony's off today. But um, I wanted to point out that that phone number is 24 seven. You can call it anytime, day or night and leave a message. And we will call you back. Tom will actually call you back. And, um, you know, Tom's on 24. Tom doesn't sleep. So Tom's like a machine. He just goes all the time. And uh, he'll call you back and get you in the queue for the next broadcast, and we can talk to you about your car and its problem, whatever that might be. We have on hold, from our previous hour, something we don't do often, but we do it every once in a while. For those of you still hanging out, we're waiting to talk to Sean from Wisconsin, 99 Ford Explorer, with an intermittent misfire or becoming a more steady misfire on cylinder number three, as uh, he's under a light acceleration, light load. Sean, you're still there?
1: Yeah, I'm still here.
0: Okay. So, a couple of things. Number one, you've scanned it for codes, and you're getting a P0303, right?
1: No, I haven't scanned it for codes. Uh, I have no engine check light whatsoever.
0: Well, what makes you think it's a misfire on number three, or did I get my information wrong?
1: No, you're right. Uh, When I pulled the plugs, out of all six of them, number three looked different than all the rest. And so that, and it's right in the hot spot. It sits, or the coil sits right over the top of that uh, injector there. And when I put the new plugs in, it ran fine for about two weeks and then it started up again. It's almost like it, it's getting too much fuel at cold weather startup. So you're, like you're, it you're, chokes you're, on, it loads up. So you and think, then it cleans you, up after it runs a bit.
0: You think you're fouling the plug on number three? I think so. Okay, so let me ask you this: um, Do you own a lawnmower or a snowblower? Yes, I do. All right, you ever foul a spark plug there? Yep. Okay. What what made that spark plug foul? I'm just curious what you've run into in your career.
1: Usually having the choke on too long.
0: All right. Fair point. Fuel, right? You ever have yeah. a you ever have a spark plug foul out because it it burnt the valve, or you had a mechanical problem in the cylinder?
1: Well usually run, you know, you're running low compression of that. Right. And you you load up with oil, the rings are gone or something like that, and it will load up with oil and stuff. Right.
0: But yeah, you, I've had that too. Yeah. So you know, it's 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 what you're seeing is the indicator. You're not seeing the cause. So now we've got to try and sort out right. the cause. One of the best ways yeah, to do it. Go ahead.
1: Everybody kind of leans towards. Uh, Oh, you got an intake leak, but if you have an intake leak that's constant all the time.
0: Well, let's prove it. I'll tell you what, let's prove it. Okay? Let's prove what this is. All right? And yep. I'm going to I'm going to make the exception for you that now we're going to prove what this is. So, you know, you've got one plug that's physically different than the others. The first thing I want somebody to do is I want somebody to scan this for codes. I don't care what the plug looks like. I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything. I also want to scan, even though it's a 99, I'm trying to teach you guys how to diagnose, not just fix a 99 Explorer. So I don't care if a 99 Explorer is what you're working on or a 2018 Explorer is what you're working on. All right. I want to approach it sort of the same way. I want to know what what if any computer modules are reporting, what if any fault codes exist. So I want to complete vehicle code scan. I don't care if you come back and you, it comes back with a report that says the left rear tail light bulb is on the verge of burning out. I want that in the vehicle history. At least I know. All right. Um, I also want to take All a right. look at. I also want you to take a look at pending codes. You know, this is the weekend. By the middle of next week, Sean, you may have a head cold. Your body's already starting okay. to build a case for that pending failure today. All right. The car is building a case for the pending failure that's going to happen next week today. And that information may be there and pending. All right, so that's the second thing. Third thing, I don't think this will be successful, but I want you to try. In 99, it wasn't great, but I want you to take a look at Mode 6 data. Mode 6 data is very mysterious. It's very scary, but at least I want you aware of it. It is the decision-making part of the computer that will decide whether or not and what if and when to set a fault code. All right, it will show you numbers. and the, the reason I want you to look at that, if it's available, which it should be, depending upon your scan tool, is you may see the plug fouling on number three, but how do you know cylinder two doesn't necessarily have the same problem but not quite as bad? It just hasn't affected the plug yet. right?
1: Okay. when,
0: when, yeah, you, go, right. when you when you go to the doctor and you go, doc, my, my you know I'm, I'm having a hard time breathing." Does he just worry about your nose? Right. What do they do? No. Nope. You, 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 you you turn your head and cough. You get the finger. You get the you get the the chest X ray. You get the 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 heart test. I mean, they look at everything, baby. There's a reason for that. Okay. So you oh, know. Okay. Go ahead. Sure. Well, I'm just listening to yeah. you. You're okay. running
1: me through the numbers. Yeah. So
0: so I want I want to just I just want to see. Do I have an issue? The next thing I want you to do. Do you have a scan tool?
1: No, I don't. I, I can go over my brother-in-law. He huh. has
0: one. Get a scan tool, all right? I want you to get the vehicle okay. warmed up to operating temperature, and I want you to hook up, and I want you to look at fuel trim, and I want you to look at oxygen sensors when the vehicle is experiencing the problem. Now, now realize, um, you go grocery shopping, Sean, of course, right? Yeah. You know, if you go to the yep. supermarket and you buy 12 bags of groceries, do you try to carry in all 12 bags at once? No. No. Nope. Right? It slows you down. It's too much work. All right? If you use an OBD2 scan tool, there's probably easily 35 pits, 35 pieces of information you can look at. Now, we're trying to make that tool work as fast and efficiently as possible. Do you think it's going to be faster reporting all 35? just five or six of the critical ones we're, we're interested in it's going to be the five or six we're interested in right so yep. so that being said i want you to look and see does this this vehicle should report long and short-term fuel trim all right okay this, this vehicle should also report upstream and downstream oxygen sensors okay okay uh, you know, you can, you can Google this. Thank God for Google. Google does help fill, fix cars when we use the Internet properly. I want you to study a little bit about O2 sensors. O2 sensors, if you don't know, O2 sensors are an indicator of whether the fuel mixture is rich or lean. I want you to graph, all right, so we don't look at it by the number, the digital representation. I want a graphing picture, a picture. An O2 sensor will rise and fall. That's its operation. It's just a constant up and down, and up and down, and up and down. It's a curve. When that misfire occurs, depending upon how good your scan tool is, you should see if this is a problem in the cylinder. It's going to affect oxygen content. All right.
1: If 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 you're right, if it's running, it, if it's running real rich, I'm going to get a, a a big fault there.
0: Right. Bingo. Bingo, baby. You know, when you go running the track, all right, if you went running the track and you blocked off your left nostril, it's going to change how you breathe, right? Yeah. Same thing, all right? If if, if something is changing the way this engine is breathing in the way of a misfire, it misses a step or a valve hangs open or, or it's got too much fuel, it's overfueling that cylinder, it's going to change the way that O2 sensor reports it, all right? If it, if it hangs high, it oh, means okay. one thing. If it hangs low, it means another. Go get me some information. Call me next week.
1: I will do that. I'm uh, going to go out and run a compression test on it right now. All right.
0: And, 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 well, and, 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 and keep in mind, compression is great as a starting point. I don't discourage it. But there's a huge difference in terms of engine load. There's a huge difference in the way your body reacts standing still and trying to run a three-minute mile. So under load, under duress, that engine is going to work differently. Um, what you what you could also do, if you have the ability, if you have a borescope, scope, if your brother-in-law's got a bore scope, I'd be looking in the cylinder for carbon deposits. Do we have any carbon on the valves? You know, a good old-fashioned carbon cleaning wouldn't hurt in this application either. Do you have an O'Reilly Auto Parts by you? Yep, yeah. yep. Berryman. And I've ran
1: some of that carb uh, injector cleaner through it already, and it seemed to help it for a
0: while. Right the Berryman's the Berryman fuel uh, system cleaner ah uh, the sea foam no try some Berryman get back to O'Reilly Auto okay. Parts go look up some Berryman fuel system cleaner um that that has technology really does work and if you're seeing if you're seeing a result with other then the Berryman will work better and see if that 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 should help it or at least if it doesn't it tells us maybe we don't have a carbon issue but it's a good cheap first step all right sir
1: all right, I'll give that a try
0: then. All right, you got some work to do, Sean. You let me know what happens. We'll go from there. You take good care. All
1: right, thank you very much.
0: You're very welcome. You. You're very welcome. 855-560-9900. Yeah, you know, Berryman, Berryman Fuel Products, Um, The Berryman stuff uh, really does work. We'll come back from the break. I'll make sure I've got the right correct web address. That may not be it. But anyway, Ron and Annie The Car Doctor, don't go away. We're coming right back. Yeah, i
1: like a leaf. Ain't no wonder.
0: Jack The Car Doctor, rolling along, 855 560 Let's get over to Joe in Lansing, Michigan, 07 Saturn Ion, and some issues. Joe, welcome to The Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? Yeah, right, uh, hey, I love your show. I listen to you all the time. Thank you, man. I appreciate you being there. What's uh, What can I do for you? How, how are things out there in Lansing? Let me ask you a question real quick. Um, yes. Lansing, Michigan, is that uh-huh. is that near the cruise that's is that not, uh, you know I don't, I don't know my geography real well. They don't let me out of New Jersey a lot. Um, are, well, are you? Well, we um we had the cruise and
2: and then we had cruise the gut.
0: You, you had and a walk.
2: Uh, we had cruise the gut. It's uh it's a street in downtown. They call it the gut. And every couple times during the summer they had a they had a sweep car show down there. And, uh, all the old cars and all the classics, all the hot rods. They used to go down there and park on the side of the street, and everybody would just you know, walk down and check the cars out.
0: Yeah, is mm-hmm. it is it is it really that big a site, as they say?
2: Um. Well, it went down maybe five, six blocks. It was a. It was. It was a pretty big a, a, attraction.
0: <laughs> L- let me let me ask you this: You've been going to that cruise long?
2: Um, I'd say probably maybe oh god, a good good fifteen years.
0: Yeah. Do you think it's getting bigger or smaller?
2: Uh, I'm gonna say it's getting getting smaller.
0: <laughs> yeah, isn't that isn't that sad, right? Like, uh, yep. you Yesterday know, it's very... it's <laughs> yeah, it, it it makes no sense. Um, uh, you know, you're you're just seeing it, it, it's sad in a way because you're, you're you're sort of seeing the end of an industry, yeah, uh, uh-huh. the, end of, the end of an era. Um, uh, you know, so but anyway, what can I do you for, sir? How can I help? Oh.
2: Yeah, uh my uh Saturn Ion. I have a coolant light that comes on and it dings and it, you know, does all those little things whenever I give it gas. Now, it doesn't it doesn't do that all the time. It does it most when like if I'm getting on the highway, I'm on the ramp and and as soon as I get on the highway, you know, to accelerate, the coolant light comes on. Okay and it and it also does it when i first started up at the beginning of the day it just i don't know the coolant light, it just it just comes on now the, the car is it, there's nothing wrong with the car it's fine the coolant all the all the levels are top are good.
0: off okay i don't well the, the only the only a, the only connection i can see here uh, uh-huh. uh the only two thoughts i would have is one do we have a sender in the bottle you know, because there's a, there's a, there's a sender in the coolant bottle. Um, okay. That's that's okay. you know. Do, do I have a sender that's sticky stuck, um, sticking, you know, and and holding the right. light on, or do I have a problem in the wiring harness that I'm creating a short, or a short to ground? Is it you know what's it doing? I wonder if in 2007. How smart the technology was, and I'm sort of thinking it was because this was the generation GM was really looking hard at coolant. If we could bring that up on a scan tool, I wonder if the BCM, because the body computer is what controls uh, the, the signal to the ECM, and if that coolant switch is open 30 seconds or longer, the BCM... Tells the ECM to turn the coolant light on, so there's a lot of conversation going on here on the data bus. I'm wondering what we would see on a scan tool. I'm wondering if it is monitoring it and reports it as a PID. You know, if you could go into a uh, uh, the BCM with a scan tool and it says coolant light on or off, what would it say? If if the if if the light's not showing, a, if it's not showing a change of state on the scan tool, but yet the light's flashing on the dashboard. Then I've got strictly a wiring issue, dashboard or wiring harness related, something like that. If oh. it's, if it's physically showing the state of change, then I'm going to start to say, why is it showing a state of change? Do I have an input, an incorrect input from the sensor when I'm not supposed to? And I would want to go and test that, or do I have a BCM to ECM communication fault? Uh, you know, okay. so I, w- I would try to break it down like that. Does that does that make sense? Does that clear it up for you? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I haven't. Um, I don't have a scan tool and. You know, I haven't I haven't took it in anywhere yet. I just, you know, I want right. to see what you thought. Yeah,
0: that's what I would be. That that's what I would be. Uh, that's what I would be looking at and thinking about.
2: Okay. All right, sir. So okay, all right. I appreciate well, hey, the call. Uh, yes, sir. Oh no, I was um, just uh, one more thing around. Uh, synthetic oil should I be putting that in my car?
0: Uh, yeah, why not? I mean, listen, okay. the, the oil conversation is, is 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 simple. All right, the the tolerances of the way engines were built. And what we asked oil to do five years ago is very different today. So from 2007 to today, it's like the Wright brothers to the space shuttle. Uh, you You know, synthetic has gotten a lot better. Synthetic is the way to go. All right. I think that you're really buying the oil company when you buy oil. All right, we talk about Pennzoil here all the time, pennzoilsynthetics.com for more information. Uh, really great base stock that they work from. But yeah, synthetic would be a good way to go on that uh, on that Saturn and uh, get the best maximum protection. While naming the car doctor, for coming back right after this. We are back. We're on Neanity the Car Doctor, eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero, hitting on all eight cylinders and rolling along. Let's get over to Chuck in Texas, 9 F one fifty, and some questions about spark plugs and performance. Chuck, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help?
3: Yes, Ron, thank you for taking my call. I really appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. What's going on, Kiddo? How's the weather down there in okay. Texas today?
3: Oh, it's it's eighty eight and nice, nice and sunny and strong and it's 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 great. Now great
0: weather. Now, now you're in Katy, Texas, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, now, sir. That's West Houston. So that's West. So because I just bought a 72. City limits of Houston. Go ahead. All right. Because I just bought a 72 Monte Carlo when it came out of Menard, Texas. Is that OK? Is that near Katy? no no sir yeah nothing's no. near nothing's near anything in texas i've learned that um, you know <laughs> it's a big state but yeah, it's, it's a big state baby around the block is uh 300 miles you know it's
3: <laughs> oh i got lost here for my sister's wedding and and i went to a gas station i said i'm going to this place to go to the reception where it's oh, all about five miles it ended up being 10 yeah okay so, yeah
0: everything in texas yeah. it's a, it's always bigger in texas baby so but, cute, um, anyway how can i uh, how can i help you today
3: Okay, but listen. Uh, the last we talked, we talked about the two-piece plug in my '05. I mean, 2005, right? Right. Yep. You got you got me through that, and that worked okay. But I upgraded to a 2009. Okay. Boy, this is this is a Texas Cadillac. It is. It got all the whistles and bells. It's beautiful. However, I watch, as I usually do, a lot of stuff on YouTube that I can learn from. Of course, you're the guru, but YouTube's my second education source. I watched this guy do a front timing chain, gears, and alignment, and replace. And two points: one, he showed me the venturi that comes out for the timing chain lubrication. And babe, I'll tell you what—that's maybe an eighth inch wide and a sixteen inch deep. Right. So now I know why you express about synthetic. Pound, pound, pound it through my head. Oh, I
0: got gotcha. you. Yeah, it's it's you know, and and the fact is that the tolerances, you know, that's two thousand nine. Start looking at a twenty eighteen. Chuck, it's 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 absolutely amazing. We we went I went to class this week for Chrysler. It's a multi year system, it's a different way of variable valve timing. A thousand yeah. PSI pressure on the on the hydraulic lift. I mean it's crazy stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah. And right. and yet
0: and yet there's still gonna be people out here telling me, Well, I want to change my oil every twenty thousand miles. Yeah, go ahead. No, Come
3: Lord, me, no, it's a yeah. three. Okay, listen, yeah. here's anyway. the point. All right, so I watched a YouTube video and this guy is telling me He said, if you got anything mid-year 2008 after, the the heads were redesigned where they got away from the two-piece plug. If you take your ignition coil pack off and you pull your boot out and it's red, you're good to go. Is that true?
0: I haven't heard that one. My understanding is that the engine build date determines whether or not it's a two-piece plug. And if it's a a 5-4, if the build date is before October 9th of 2007 then it is not, then it, right. that is a two-piece plug. After October 9th of 2007, it is a one-piece plug.
3: So I'm good to go with a 2009. A yeah, I think plug. a
0: 2009, you're going to be safe. So what I would tell you to do is, a, go buy the new ones, and the new ones are going to be a real long thread. You talk about yeah, they're so like two inches long. Yeah, yeah you talk about it. big things from Texas, baby. Those spark plugs had to be yeah. built in Texas because they are the longest thread plug I have ever seen. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's it's, and I would tell you do it cold. Pull one of the uh, coils out and blow the. They say said, Ron, I hate to interrupt, yeah. you, but they say do it warm. I like doing them cool. I won't do them. I won't okay. do them. I won't do them real warm. Um, I like a cold because I'll usually get them to crack easier. All right. Okay. You now know, they say spray brake cleaner down in there once you crack them. Who's they?
3: A YouTube videos. Yeah, once you see, crack it, you know, a quarter turn, spray spray brake cleaner in there. Let it sit for twenty minutes and then it'll work it back and forth well, to get it out.
0: Are, are they talking about with the two piece plug or a regular nope. traditional? One piece, even even the one piece. Yeah, see, I've never done it that way. I'll make sure I'll make sure that the well is clean. Um yes, sir. I'll They'll, make, yeah, I'll yeah, make sure the back. well is clean. I'll tell you what, what I would probably do is not break clean. Oh, actually, and I correct myself, what I what I will do, I just realized right, we're talking about the longer thread. I will do this room temperature, I will clean out the well, blow it out with a blow gun, and I will right. spray a little liquid wrench or W D, just some sort of penetrant. Okay. All right, and I'll let it soak for a couple of minutes, and then I'll just I'll 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 tighten it just a touch, just Try to crack it in the tight position, and then see if it walks out. Try that on one Watch. of the easier ones to get out first. Don't start with the one in the back. And Any
3: special brand of plug you say I should put back in? I got 72,000, and, you know, I don't know. I want to a- change
0: them. Absolutely a Motocraft. I would I would put okay. a Motocraft back in this. It's a Ford truck. Uh, I would yes, put sir. a Motocraft back in it. I'd put a drop of engine oil on the threads and, okay. and torque them to spec as best you can. And yes, you, you should be good to go. All right. Listen, I'll, I'll okay. tell you what, Chuck, don't run away. You know what we're going to do? We're giving away from one of our sponsors Super Chips. Is allowing us to give away one of their new dash pack in cabin controllers. I think you're the guy that's going to appreciate this. This will give I you That was my next question. This you. well, this is this is going to be sort of like you're going to have Ron and Anian on your dashboard. You'll be able to sit there and tune the oh, truck God. this way that way and do what you want with it. You can find more information out at their website, and uh, if you stay on the line, Tom's going to uh, get your information. And we'll send that out to you, and uh, naturally, oh. it uh, it uh, it's courtesy of the folks over at Super Chip. So. Uh, stay I appreciate p- it. You're very welcome, sir. You stay put. And, oh, hey, uh, y- do, do,
3: I will, sir. I'll stay here. Do me a favor, Ron. Yeah. Say hi to Fast Terry for me, please.
0: Uh, I will. And uh, you, uh, by all means, you give us some feedback. Let us know how it works, all right? You bet you I all will. Right. All right. You take good care. 855-560-9900. Ron and Amy and the car doctor, we're going to pull over and take a pause. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back on the Indian Car Doctor. Help us here at 855-560-9900, cardoctorshow.com. Tune in, iHeart, iTunes, all places to podcast. And uh, call 855-560-9900 and leave a message. It's 24-7. Our executive producer, Thomas Ray, will call you back and get you in queue for the next live broadcast. Let's get over and talk to Dave Main, 11 2011 Mercury Grand Marquis. See what's going on here. Dave, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help?
4: Ron, thanks for taking my call. I've got a uh the marquee, as you said, um when I first start it, um in the morning I get a smell of fuel inside the car and okay. can't smell it outside the car. Okay. Um, it dissipates within a couple of minutes. But I uh, can't figure out where it's coming from.
0: Do you think it I, I mean, it's not from inside the car. I think it's being pulled in from outside the vehicle. I, I, I know of no scenario where it would physically be in the passenger compartment. Do you, you know, have you tried starting the, having somebody else start the car and you stand front or back to see where the smells the strongest?
4: I have not tried that.
0: All right, that would be number one. Is it, you know, is it a is it an exhaust type of a smell? You know, like it's 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 a fuel rich condition or is it a raw fuel condition? You know, like it's leaking somewhere. It
4: smells. Uh, it's like a it smells like it's burning rich. That
0: okay. My guess. Okay. So it, it smells like it's running rich. So yeah. what I would want to do. One of the com. I mean, you know, you know, the conversation here has to involve a little bit about charcoal canister and a saturated canister, too much fuel in it, and it's creating a rich running condition, etc. But what's what's most common. With, with these vehicles, or what is common on this generation Ford product is up on the fuel rail, there is a fuel rail pressure sensor, FRP. And, it, you know, it is it is known, it'll actually set a fault code. It'll actually set a P0183, and maybe you don't have a check engine light yet. Maybe you're about to. Maybe it's a case of looking in pending fault codes to see if there's anything there. But this may have a sensor that's starting to leak and create that rich running condition. Is your fuel economy changed at all? Do you notice any difference in performance on the vehicle?
4: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Um, I noticed the gas the gas mileage is, is uh, down compared to what it was when I got it in January.
0: Right, so um,
4: it, I'm it, only getting like 13 or 14 around town.
0: Okay, so uh, you know maybe this is related to it's it's it, you know cars are. Cars are just, they, they'll they they'll draw fuel from wherever they want. Um, yeah. And if that sensor is leaking and it's not being accounted for, it's now going to create a rich running condition. And, you know, we got to start to look for places where additional fuel, other than the injectors, you know, via the fuel pump fuel line, will come in. And that, that fuel rail pressure sensor on the rail will have a vacuum line pulling against it, and it just starts putting fuel up the vacuum line, and you're done. So um, let's, let's get a look at that and verify that. And then, like I said, let's also take a look at canister and, uh, you know, is, is the EVAP system operating as intended. If both of those check out, then the next thing I'm going to want to do is, A, does the vehicle come up to proper operating temperature? All right. Does it, does it you know, is it right on the ragged edge? Of, of coolant temp, does it come up the spec? I'm guessing, off the top of my head, 195, 196 degrees, drive around town, but I would verify that. And okay. then where is long- and short-term fuel trim? We can, we can learn an awful lot from long- and short-term fuel trim. I would, I would have to say fuel trim is probably the barometer for, uh, you know, the automotive industry, what heart rate and blood pressure is when you go to the emergency room. Sure. Okay, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the critical things that we want to look at. Uh, you know, and then last as long as I said the word, probably one of the easiest things to do that a lot of mechanics don't do is you know you know what's interesting, and I'll I'll tell it to you like like this, David. Um, on the desktop, on on one of my diagnostic on my third bay computer, I've got a link to the Weather Channel. All right, you know, I I go in every morning and I look at the Weather Channel and I see what the barometric pressure is for Waldwick, New Jersey. Sure. All right. Do you know why? Uh, you tell me. <laughs> well, because when I plug in my scan tool on whatever the first car is, barometric pressure is one of the first things I look at, depending on the problem, but I get in the habit of looking at it, so I, I get to learn what known good is. And if barometric pressure is 29.95, and the scan tool says barometric pressure is 26.2, Mm -hmm. somebody's lying, right? (laughs) and um, it's either the scan tool or the car, and it may be related to the problem I've got, and that literally takes me all of, you know, two minutes to do. Wow. Okay. um, You know, and if I've got a rich running condition, you know, it's – I don't know if I'm paying you a compliment or not, but you don't sound old enough to remember carburetors. Do you remember carburetors driving carbureted cars? Yeah. Barely. Barely. See, <laughs> Barely. I, kinda, I could kind of tell. I remember carbureted cars, all right? And when you went from sea level to the mountains and vice versa, boy, did that car change. And that's where that barometric pressure thing came in. And, uh, you know, as, as well as in weather conditions, it, it played a big part of it. So barometric pressure is a big a big look-see. So let's do those couple of things, see what that gets us, and then we'll kind of go from there. All right, kiddo? All okay. right appreciate that very much. You're very welcome. You have a good rest of the day. Thank you. Take good care. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor is coming back right after this. Back. Why don't they? Name the car doctor eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. As we bring it in for the checkered flag, let's get over and talk to Paul in Stanton, Virginia ninety one Bronco. Paul, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help?
4: Yes, sir. Oh, first of all, I want to thank your uh, uncle for what he did. That was amazing. And if people want to know about it, they can go online. But he shot down uh, Nazi jet. And oh,
0: yeah. But you know, you, you got to get not to get off the subject, but you got to get Uncle Steve to talk about that one day, and one day I will. And you know, the modesty and the humility—it's like Uncle Steve, how'd you shoot down a jet with a with a propeller airplane? And he'll tell you, ah, I was just lucky that dopey you you know what sob flew in front of me and I pulled the trigger. He makes it sound like it was nothing, um, but yet he was one of the first to do that. And. uh Um, You know, he's actually written up in the New York Times for it. And, uh, you know, but, yeah, I I appreciate that. I really do. Uncle Steve is uh, is special. uh,
4: He's he's a true hero. True hero. Yeah.
0: Thank you, sir. Uh, Thank
4: you. um, Anyway, Bronco, uh, you're going out, you know, cruise control on uh, 70, 75 miles an hour. And uh, everything's fine. And then you get a a momentary uh, reduction in power. It's, it's, uh, it's not like a miss. Uh, it's, it's more like like you're suddenly just towing something. And it's a smooth kind of reduction in power that lasts just for a few seconds. And at that same time, the RPMs drop off from like 2,000. It drops off about 50 RPMs.
0: Okay. And, and then, then
4: it goes back to normal.
0: Does it, does it stay 50 RPMs lower?
4: Uh, well, for those just couple seconds, and then it goes back to normal uh, with uh, no need to reset the cruise control or anything.
0: I mean, how, you know, my, my first question in my mind is, and, and I realize we're, we're, we're treading on such a minute RPM drop here, you know, is this is this the trans going into overdrive and you're just experiencing that drop as it settles on its wings, so to speak? Oh, uh, uh,
4: no, it, it's it's not. It, it's pretty much level, you know. It's not. It's not like. Uh, it's not like there was a shift. So it, it almost seems like it's transmission, but it isn't. And if, and if it if it came out of overdrive, the RPMs would have gone up.
0: Well, no. Is it uh, is it is it going into overdrive? And overdrive won't necessarily give you a sensation of shift. The converter will just lock on, and you'll feel that. You know, because the engine is starting to lug. What comes first? The loss of power or the fifty RPM drop by the TAC, or does it both happen at once?
4: Uh yeah, it seems to be at the same at the same time. And, you know, uh, at seventy five miles an hour and two thousand RPMs it is an overdrive. Okay. So if it if it weren't, it'd be like another You know, a couple hundred RPMs.
0: Yeah, well, and that's the other thing. 50 doesn't sound like enough for overdrive. Have you tried while you're cruising along at 75 to tap the brake pedal to see if it has any effect on it and change the way the trans is operating?
4: No. So just... Well, well, of course, if you tap the uh, the brake pedal... You're going to lose the cruise. cruise. Yeah, Yeah, that won't work. So
0: you'd actually have to hold it with your foot and tap the brake pedal to see if that takes it out of... If it is... An overdrive trans-related problem. The only other thing I could think of is to see if this is a real condition being created by the engine is can you hook up a vacuum gauge, manifold vacuum, strap it to the windshield, watch it while you're cruising, nice and steady. Watch it go through the paces. Does vacuum drop off? And if vacuum does drop off significantly, then we'd have to start to talk about what could create a momentary vacuum loss. Is EGR opening up? Or do we have another issue going on? So let's um let's try it like that, Paul, and then give me a call back next week. I'm running Andy in the car, Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless. See ya.